in Romans chapter 12 and verse 19. It says, vengeance is mine, I will pay back. They said, verse 20, it says, therefore, if thine enemy be hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him to drink, for so do you heap coals. Coals of fire doesn't mean you are born in his conscience. What that thing means is making an atonement for his sin. All right, it was a type of atonement, which means by such actions, you are removing the consequence of that person's sin of the life of that particular person. So it's the way you act. That's the starting point. That's where you really surrender your will, all right, to God. That is the place there of worship. That's where God breaks you and you surrender that right and you take off your shoes. I will say this when we get to him. You take off your shoes and say, all right, Jesus. So what did Bishop Butler do? God spoke to him, all right, raise an offering for this man. Go and give him and do all of that. You have surrendered. And at that point, then you can say like Joshua, here, I'm here, I'm right here, Lord, speak to me. So there's any form of conflict that is going on, all right, in your life at this particular point in time. Take that high road, right, with that person. Go to Jesus Christ and worship him there. And then, right, go to him and ask him, Lord, now I worship, I, I, I'm not saying it can come out any way you want it to come out. Right, this person can look good. That's not the issue. When, when they took away the wealth of, of, of Isaac, uh, Isaac didn't, didn't say go and die. All right, when Isaac expanded, those same people still came to meet Isaac, entered into a covenant with Isaac, which means that you may even do things with these people in future. In fact, when Bishop Butler's church, when his daughter was preaching and said, you know this story he's been telling about this assistant pastor, he said, you know, he never told us who the person was for 30 years. And we were playing with the children. And he did. the day he told us, we looked at him and said, why didn't you tell us? We would have, all right? He said, he said, oh, calm down. That me and my wife never communicated it to the children so that bitterness does not. Are you following what I'm saying here? All right? And that, let me tell you this, that pain there, that act of surrender, all right, over to God there in a place of worship where you give your heart to him and say, here is me, here is my adversary here, Jesus, all right, I'm coming to your side. You cross to the side of Jesus, and then he tells you, this is how I want to act towards you, towards your adversary here. Here is how I want you to bless your adversary. This is what I want you to do. You do that, and then you get to the place where, because there are three things, all right, hope, faith, and love. And if you want a manifestation of God's power, in this last 90 days, this is the pattern that you follow here. We've said, uh, your heart has to be clear, all right? No animosity inside your heart towards, all right, any person there, okay? Uh, part of what we do daily now is that we also pray for people, all right, that might have offended. So you keep exercising yourself in prayer, carrying those people also in prayer and praying for them and praying for them and praying for them. But, well, here's the point. There are three things. The Bible says that abide in these three things. Hope, it says faith and love. Alright? Now abided faith, hope, and charity. He says these three, but the greatest of the three is love, which is what we spoke about first. The greatest of it, alright, is love there. Now, hope talks about what you want to accomplish. I will say be specific about the things. The three things, four things, two things, the one thing. All right, that's your hope there. Faith is how, which means hope is the what? 
Faith is the how, love is the why. So, the intent of your heart, which means why, the intent of your heart is what is called love. Because a person can give all his goods to the poor, but if the intent of the heart is wrong, which means if I'm giving you something with, as, to, as a string to tie your soul to me, all right, then it is not done in love, all right? So you can do anything. People can even give their bodies to be burnt, but it's not done in love. That's why you, somebody can say, well, see what I did to this person and see the way all of that. It doesn't mean anything. If they, in fact, for you to have repeated it means that you are placing an expectation on that person. All right? Giving is, listen, witchcraft is by giving. Love is by giving. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can be practicing witchcraft in giving somebody something, which means you have, you gave that person to tie that person's soul, which means, all right, to you to act in a certain way. So love is the intent that is behind it. So the first is hope. And our hope is the what, which means you've itemized that. And hope is always manifested in your declarations. Now, I've said for one of the mistakes we made is that we called it confession of faith, but really it's confession of hope. Even when you are calling something into existence as though it were, it's a confession of your hope. Hope is always revealed in words. Hold fast your confidence and rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. So you are declaring it. So those three things, you must be declaring those things. You must be speaking words of hope because as you declare them, they become an anchor to your soul. Now, if you are not declaring God's promises, then they don't get anchored to your soul, which means within 48 hours, you might even have drifted into other things and forgotten about what your goals and aspirations are. Your declaration, continuous declaration of God's promises there, right, anchors that particular thing to your soul. The more you say it, the more it is integrated into your soul and steadies your soul. So if somebody is in need of finances and he comes out and declares that I'm going to get this money and I declare why, he says that because God will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Jesus, Jesus is my ever-present help in a time of need. Those declarations are declarations of your expectation. They are declarations of hope. They are not declarations of faith. When Paul said, I know this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus, according to my expectation and my hope, it was a declaration of his expectation. Let's get this here. That's why people say, when well, he said, he said, it didn't happen. It's a declaration of your expectation. It's a declaration of your hope. So, we'll get to faith now. So, what's hope? I'm now in the wedding feast. There is no wine. It has finished. How are we going to get wine here? I declare right out, God is my ever-present help in a time of need. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He is right here. He declared, you declare, he said, he will hold my right hand, strengthen me. You are declaring all of that in the midst of adversity. You are holding fast your confession because faithful is he that promised you. So you hold on to it tenaciously. However, it is not just the words in itself that is going to produce it. The words there, the Bible says, will get that anchor to your soul and will take you within the veil. Now, faith now comes in. 
Faith is always based, revealed in action. Hope is revealed through words. Faith is always revealed through action. And it's an action that is carried out in obedience to an instruction that you have received from God. So I am saying out of my lips, is my ever-present help in a time of need. Then the instruction comes. Fill the pots with water and draw out. That instruction is what we call the rema, which means you have heard something concerning it. Now, the first level is the logos, which is the thought of God for that situation. But now the instruction has now come as to how it will happen. So, you are declaring that by the end of the year, December 31st, certain things will have happened, and you are saying this about your business, you are saying this about that, that is a confession of your hope. And hold fast to it, but understand that an instruction or instructions will come to you that will tell you what to do. And when you carry out the instructions, then you are going to get. So Joshua was there, and he got the instructions. And one of the reasons why love is so important is that you're never going to hear God, I'll show this here, if you have animosity in your heart. You're not going to get those instructions if there's unforgiveness in your heart. You see it. So he got the instructions. And the instructions said, go and go around it six times. So obedience to the instruction there is what, all right, is called faith. That's why James said, you cannot say that you are operating in faith if you don't have corresponding action. If there are no works, he said, can't you see that there was an instruction for Abraham that the real faith he was hoping and hoping until he took out, carried out that instruction, which was an act of faith. Rahab, it was an action through which she was delivered. If we look at the whole of faith in Hebrews 11, everything demonstrated by an action. It tells us Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. It tells us Noah, he was warned, which means he received an instruction, go and build an ark. He built an ark. It tells us Abraham, when he was called, he heard a voice giving him an instruction. He obeyed that particular instruction. Moses, when he was in Pharaoh's house, he received an instruction. He obeyed that particular instruction. Every person, their faith was demonstrated by an action that they took. In other words, you are declaring that in 90 days, my business will multiply five times. Fine, it's the confession of your hope that is based upon God's promises, but then you now have to hear the instruction that God is going to give you that you carry out in these next 90 days that will produce a manifestation, all right, of that same thing. So what am I saying here? When Joshua was facing the Jordan, it was the same promise he might have held on to, right, that he held on to when he faced the walls of Jericho. The same promise he held on to when he faced the Jebusites. But the instructions were different. Do you get what I'm saying here? To Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. Where Abraham's seed, all Abraham's promises are ours. So we can take the promises and create our hope there and start declaring those promises. But when he got to the Jordan there, right, he now had to get the instruction from God. All right, God had told him, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. But the instruction for Moses, same promise. The same promise that caused the Red Sea to part was the same promise that caused the Jordan to part. Same promise. 
But when he stood there, he could just have copied Moses and said, all right, give me a rod, let me to raise it up. But the instructions were different, which means when he got to that point, God now said, what you are supposed to do, and this is where we are missing it, all right, in the church. Where, first of all, we think faith is hope, and that confession is a confession of faith. So we say it, and we're waiting for something to happen, all right, which means the Wright brothers were saying, we're going to fly, we're going to fly, but one day they had to get the instructions on how to fly. So you must get the instructions from God. And God says, I will open your ears and I will begin to give you instructions on what to do in the business here. How to conduct yourself. How to, there are certain changes you make. And as you begin to make those changes, then faith, the substance of the things you hope for, is now coming there. So Joshua was right there through his interaction with God. He said, get 12 people, carry the ark, step into it. That will happen. The next battle they got to, he said, now you go around it six times so we can confess the same promises, but we don't get the same instruction. Do you get what I'm saying? Therefore, when people talk about faith, there are all these faith teachers, you know, you don't talk about walking with God, you don't talk about holiness. Listen, you can't have faith without fellowship. Faith is a product of an intimate interaction with Jesus. Faith is going within the veil into a place of worship. Nothing can be more intimate. What produces faith? That's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He says, in all thy ways acknowledge him. That word acknowledge is the same word that Adam knew Eve. So it is an intimacy, an interaction that is total. And he says, the result of that is I will direct your path or your steps. So what he does, he, is, he directs your like, steps there. He shows you what you're supposed to do. So Joshua stood there, declared the same thing Moses declared, the same promise God gave to Abraham was the same thing Joshua, but the instructions, all right, different. And then you go to the next place, and then you listen, and then you receive, all right, the instruction. So what are we saying? Mark eleven twenty three says, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, the walls of Jericho, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, believe that what he is saying one day will come to pass, he will have what he's saying. If you hold fast unto it and you are declaring it, it says you will one day have what you are saying, provided you are declaring the promises of God into your life. You will one day have it. However, it says whatever things therefore you desire when you pray. Now, when you get into the place of prayer and you start praying, it is in prayer God opens your ear to hear the instruction that will cause what you are saying to come to pass. Do you get what I'm saying here? Now, I want to get into something here that we are practicing now in these last three days. So when you press into the place of prayer, now, a corresponding action has to be an action that is based on a definite instruction you receive from God. You can't just say that, well, God has promised me that there will be wine in this face, so what am I going to do? I will just go and sit down at the table and I'll hold the bottle and I'll do like this. And one, it's a corresponding action. Oh no, it has to be based on the instruction that he gives, which means the instruction is fill the pot with water. Now, every faith instruction is never expensive. Every instruction of faith is simple. Every instruction of faith is within your reach. Every instruction of faith, all right? When, so if somebody says, you ask somebody, how are we going to do this thing? And the bills are piling. It's not an instruction from God. An instruction from God, I've seen it, is always cheap. It's always cheap. He said, why do you spend money for that which is not bread and you labor for that which satisfies not? Hacking diligently unto me. You are wasting cash. Hacking diligently unto me. All right? Listen 
and I will show you. He said, take instruction rather than find gold. Which means what you need is instruction. It's not, oh, if I just had more money, what you need is instruction. He says, he that worketh miracles, how is he doing it? All right? He says, by the hearing that, of faith, which means you hear something. So you get into the place of prayer. All right? Somebody told me, wrote to me, one of the I said, this platform thing is a God idea. When I saw the um, impact, I, I, I can play for you. Even Edo State government has done a video on the platform. Edo State government, a video. Saying that one of the speakers, what he described there is what they are doing in their states. That is their idea that they share that platform. So they've done a video for campaign, which means a video showing platform. That is. So you can know the impact and the spread, all right, of this particular thing. How far it, it has penetrated into the courts or places. But how do we get the platform? Someone said, so where do you get the idea from? It was doing a 10-day fast. One, I was just praying and fasting. I was passing the floor in Yaba. This was 2000. I mean, it was still a small church. I was just pressing and pressing and praying and praying. And then, boom, the thing came. But it says, when you stand praying, if you don't forgive, you won't hear anything. That's why we get back to release. If there's unforgiveness and it must inside your heart, you are not going to hear jack concerning that particular thing. But if there's unforgiveness, you're going to hear the voice of God. And he's going to tell you and open up something to you. And open up a scripture to you. And open up a dimension to you. And say, this is what you should do concerning, all right, that particular thing. And then when you carry out the instruction or the series of instruction, so you're always, maybe just one instruction away from a manifestation. The instruction to Naaman is always cheap. Go and dip yourself. I mean, Naaman said, do you know how rich I am? Is it this jumping into water seven times that should heal me? The servant said, if he told you to do something hard, you, now he has told you something simple. Just one instruction there. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood got the instruction. If I would just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. That's the instruction that comes. Faith is always an action based on an instruction. So these next 90 days will be days where God will pour rain from heaven, which is instruction. Are you following what I'm saying there? You get into the place of prayer, he opens your ears, and you hear instructions on it. But the, look, you know, Kenneth Copeland used to say something very powerful. He, he would say, he said, he said, you cannot get, he said in an army, you cannot get further instructions from your commander if you don't fulfill the, the general commandment of that army. He said the commandment of Jesus is love. If you break that commandment, then you can't start hearing details. All right? If he had said, love the way I loved you and you break that, don't come and think he's going to tell you, go and stand on that particular place. All right? Okay? So once you are operating, which means the truth about the matter is this. Let me tell you this. If you are walking in love, you can't hear wrong. Let me repeat to you. If you are walking in the love of God towards people around you, you can never hear wrong. That's why the Bible says, he that walketh in the light stumbleth not. You don't make mistakes when you're walking in the light. It's when there is some score inside your heart you want to set to. When there's a motive inside other than love that Satan can trigger and the voice can tell you to do something that's wrong. Are you following me? That's why if you make any decision that is wrong, you go back and ask yourself, where is it coming from? Is an exaltation of something outside love. Which means you, there's something in your soul 
that you are trying to get. So you listen and start there. So when Jesus says, say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, he says they get into the place of prayer. And when you get into the place of prayer, I will start giving you the instructions on what you should do. And put up Psalm 49 and verse 4 in the Passion Translation. One of the things about receiving this instruction in prayer is you go to God with a song. Psalm 49, I believe, verse 4. I will break open mysteries with my music and my song will release riddles solved. So you go there and worship singing about that hope that is fulfilled. Worshiping God. And then you do that. But let me tell you this. Get, look, depart from this cursing your enemy. Let me tell you. Did you ever see in the ministry of Jesus Christ anywhere that, and in the morning the Pharisees died. The Pharisees that were opposing Jesus when he was doing miracles followed him throughout his entire ministry until they killed him. Did he kill them? Jesus, that if he commanded fire, they would be consumed. Did you? Because this Nigerian gospel we have taken that all the enemy will die. Now, you can do it and be cursing all the enemy. But let me tell you, once they die, your destiny dies with the enemy too. Are you following what I'm saying? Because it's the enemy that will help you to get to where you are going. You need the Judas to take you to where you are going. If Judas dies, Peter says, I can't do it all. Lord, I'm my, my master, I love you too much. John says, me, I can't do that kind of thing. Andrew, the man that will help you and go and lie about you so that the door will open up in certain quarters, you have killed him with your curse. You don't know. You don't know that it takes for people to go and lie about you for your name to be known in some places. Are you following what I'm saying? So that's why Jesus said, if you don't want men to speak evil of you, you can't be a true prophet. The true prophet is your response to how they speak evil. You understand what I'm saying? That is your response, all right, to it. So it's the way and manner in which you act, all right, towards those people. And once you do that, you get to the place where you can now start hearing instructions from God and hearing instructions from God and hearing instructions from God and carrying out those instructions, all right, that God has given to you. And you walk out, all right, with those instructions there. Now, what makes it difficult to get the instruction on forgiveness? You remove that from your heart. You start listening to God. You start getting instructions. You are not interested. That's why he says you don't give somebody hoping to receive from somebody. You don't relate with people, all right, because you are trying to gain something from them or you are trying to get something from them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what? And by the power of your spirit, as you establish us in this truth, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice that let this next 90 days be one of continuous rainfall in the name of Jesus. All right. As I was praying, I remember I forgot to say something. Now, this is what you must do. I remember that's why I was holding on to it. Somebody asked Dr. Yangichu this question. I said it first service, I forgot to say it here. He said, my church has 3,000, yours has 300,000 when it was so. I preach better than you, I'm more educated than you. My messages have more substance than yours. How come I'm 3,000, you're 300,000? Young Gicho said, how long do you pray for a day? He said, 30 minutes. He said, I pray for three hours. He said, the difference between 3,000 and 300,000 is 30 minutes of prayer, three hours of prayer. Well, somebody else will say, but I pray six hours, and we are even three or 13 in the church. So 
what are you saying? Then you think deeper at what he said. Now, this is what Young Cho said. And it's what we tried to practice last night. Try to take people into the practice of it. Young Cho said this. He said the mistake that people, or the person who was writing about it, was writing about listening prayer. He said when Young Cho says he prays for three hours, people think that what he's saying is that he's putting more additional effort for two and a half hours. Praying strongly to try to get God to do it. That's not what he's saying. What Young Cho says is this. He said, the first one hour of prayer, I am talking to Satan. In other words, when you start praying, you know there's like a blockade there. You're pushing through. He said, once I get through that, he says, then I spend two hours fellowshipping with God in prayer. The purpose of the two hours is to listen to hear what God is saying, not to push God. Do you understand what I'm saying there? That God, you're not. So that flow that is going on when you're praying in tongues, where there's that continuous flow, that's where the ideas start dropping, when your mind becomes quiet, and then you begin to hear. Now, if you have unconfessed sin or unforgiveness in your spirit, that will block you from experiencing that quality of fellowship in prayer. Do you get what I'm saying? But it is what you hear in prayer. During those two hours, he said, after I finish that, then I go and obey everything I've heard. I write it, I obey it, and it produces growth. Do you get what I'm saying here? So you push yourself. Now, if the word level you have in your spirit is low, which means you haven't been holding fast your confession, my friend, my friend, you won't break into that two hour. It won't be as sweet as it ought to be. But if you're confessing the word of God, you're holding fast that confession, you confess known sins, you forgive people, you enter into the place of prayer that way, you quickly break through that period there, all right, is one of delight now in the presence of God where now thoughts begin to drop into your spirit concerning those things. And when you carry out those ideas, those ideas produce power and things in life. That's the way it works, all right? So the amount of time you spend in prayer is to hear God, all right? Not, not that you are persuading God who is reluctant to act on your behalf. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.